Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott, alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, we're back. Yeah, it's been a long break. We love curling so much, I guess. We've come to the curling club. There are people yelling. A lot of yelling tonight. Yeah, it's almost as if it matters. Almost. It doesn't. But it it doesn't. No. So uh, we're back at the Ottawa Curling Club, getting set for the next stop in the season of champions uh, this year. The Women's World Championship is going to be out there in beautiful Prince George, British Columbia, which means that the world's best are descending on the left coast. Well, that's pretty generous to call it the left coast. Uh, it's left of here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not <laughs> even, even close to the coast, though. Uh, Prince George, home of the University of Northern British Columbia. Yeah. I took a class once, Sean, that was taught by an instructor from there, uh, and he was pretty good. Yeah, the great uh, Ben Bryce oh, teaches ben, out there, Ben too. Bryce. Is he still there? I assume so. Oh, people don't guy. move that. People don't move that much. No, that's right. In ben, the Canadian uh, history circles. Yeah, Ben is a gem. He's a good guy. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, or speak Spanish, I think read about read his book about. There you go. About Spain. Yeah. People. Uh, Argentina. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll be out there at the Women's World Championship, which to this point has not been changed at all. There's uh, talk about. International sporting events around the world, uh, certainly you know soccer events where they're going to play with no fans. The tennis event out in Indian Wells, California, that has been canceled. So right. there is talk, or there has been talk about changing up the schedule or the procedures. So far, that hasn't been the case. If you're out there in Prince George, you know the players are probably going to be a little more cautious about signing things and uh, like if you hand them a pen maybe they won't they might have their own pens for them uh, to Mm -hmm. sign stuff and certainly handshaking all that kind of stuff just stuff to be aware of in these uh, in these settings but uh, the event will go on as planned as of this recording and it's got 13 teams get to participate in the world championships and the playoff format has not changed even though we don't like it six teams make the playoffs top two get buys into a semifinal. The page does not exist for the WCF anymore. Yeah, it's what we call the uh, NHL playoff <laughs> uh, system, where more than half the teams make the playoffs. So, uh, Except for less than half the teams make the playoffs in this. In this, you're right. You're right. It's pretty close, though, right? Yeah, so, it's too many uh, teams too many, yeah. that make the playoffs. But uh, that's the format. This is the way it is. So we've divvied up the 13 teams, Scott, into three different tiers of teams. And we're going to go through based on the tier that we've identified. So we're going to start with the teams that we don't expect to challenge for the 2020 Women's World Curling Championship. Come on, Sean. What do you call that tier? We're calling that the thanks for coming tier. Uh, These are teams that uh, we've seen before. We are somewhat familiar with, and certainly the fact that the past couple of years we've been paying more attention to the European Championships has helped with this tier, I think. So this year, let's start with the Danish team, 
skipped by Mathilde Halls, which I believe is how you pronounce that. Uh, but they are coming into the 2020 Women's World Championship representing Denmark. Not much of a resume this year on the World Curling Tour. No, uh, not not at all, Sean. Uh, 18 games. Uh, all these stats are from Curling Zone, by the way, just in case anybody uh, wants to dispute them. Uh, that's fine with us. Uh, <laughs> 18 games, 6 wins, 12 losses. I believe they're the only team in the field that's been outscored. Uh, 5.81 points per game, 4, and giving up 7.56. Uh, pretty bad hammer efficiency at 29%. Also a bad uh, steel defense, 23%. Uh, so not uh, not the numbers you're looking for for a team that's going to contend, which is uh, why we've got them in this uh, grouping. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they had a good enough showing at the European Championship that they qualified. Right. So, I mean, the, the, it's not a situation where, you know, the, the, they didn't win anything to get here. They had to win stuff to get here. So they're in. But, yeah, they're a team that, uh, you know, th- this is just a straight round robin. In the world championship, if they go one and eleven, oh and twelve, right? I don't think anyone's going to be shocked by that. No, probably not. Probably not. So that uh, let's move on then to the German team. This is skipped by Daniela Jensch. They have been around before. We're familiar with them. They have had some success at this event in the past. Uh, they more have had more success at the European Championships. But against got a team that coming into this, we, we would not, or at least I, you, I think this is the team that you kind of wondered about mm-hmm. when I put them in this tier that you thought, well, maybe they could be a little more successful than I'm giving them credit for. Yeah, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not a bad team. I would say th- this team is sort of comparable to a team like New Brunswick at the Canadian Championships where they come and might take them a day or two to get their legs under them, but then they'll give people a game. Uh, they they were bronze medalists at the Europeans two years ago, so not you know not a, a utterly dismiss this team or even a case of we just don't know about it enough about them. Right. Which there's a couple teams that we're going to talk about, but yeah. So I thought well maybe that's a little too low for them. But then I looked at the rest of the field and the field is pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, for for this event, so uh, playoffs should be their goal. I think so. Whether they'll be able to attain it, I, I don't really think so. 33% hammer efficiency is not what you're looking for in a team that is going to uh, contend for this kind of an event. So uh, th- that's the number that I'm sort of keying in on uh, is, is hammer efficiency because uh, it's to me it's a real indication of how much you can control the game. And uh, you know, to a certain extent they're not doing that. Right. They they've scored more points than they've allowed per game, so that's good. They're forty four and thirty four on the year. Lots of games, lots of games played. But uh, yeah, that's that's sort of my take. Uh, my takeaway. Okay, let's that. move on then to the final team in the pool. The Italians team skipped by Veronica Zappone, the twenty nineteen European Championship B level winners. winners who uh, <laughs> come through here. Uh, we've seen Veronica Zapponi in this team at World Championships in the past. Again, not a team that's really going to blow you away. They're 24 and 17 on the season. Uh, they score a bunch and they give up a bunch, right? They score yeah. nearly eight and a half points, give up almost just under six and a half. 
So, you know, maybe this will be a Suzanne Burt type situation where they'll just have really fun games. You know, Suzanne Burt will probably wins a little more than th- than this team will, mm-hmm. but maybe some high high scoring games, a lot of interesting ends at the very least. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. They beat some like kind of difficult teams to to get here through that uh, Euro Bs. And they also played in the world qualification event. So, uh, you know, you have to beat some teams. They beat uh, uh, Team Turkey to get that final spot. Uh, You know, it's not like they have no wins on their resume. uh, But you're right. They're not uh, likely champions for sure. But uh, similar to the German team, playoffs, you know, is a goal to set. And whether whether you get there or not, uh, it's pretty unlikely. But I don't yeah. know what I'm saying. I, I just <laughs> I, lost my train of thought. You said that they can try to make the playoffs, but they won't. Yeah, there you That's go. Basically, bold. Basically, what you said. We're here to make bold statements. Yeah. So that is the thanks for coming division. Uh, three teams that we did, don't have high expectations for. Did we write down order of merit uh, numbers for these teams or no? We did not. I'm going based purely off of my expectations. Right on, because as we know, Order of Merit Order of Merit is a little skewed, especially when you get down into the teams that don't play a lot, that you know those numbers can be really thrown off. So, uh, sure. uh, so let's move into the next tier of teams. This is the tier we're calling the You're That Team From That Place. These are teams that we recognize, we know them, but we don't expect them to be serious contenders to win. Playoff threats, yeah, but maybe not uh, threats to win the overall event. Yeah, I would say all these teams can make the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, let's start with the Americans, skipped by Tabitha Peterson. This, of course, is Nina Roth's team. She is off doing the family thing. Yeah, had a baby not too long ago. Yeah, maybe so, a couple months. So yeah. like, uh, so very exciting times. Good, good times you for know. the for the Roth family and Tabitha Peterson has stepped in to that skipping role and has done a, a very good job. Of course, they won the American National Championships. They're uh, probably the biggest other contender is Jamie Sinclair in the the women's field for the Americans. So uh, well, is definitely the other contender. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, a big win there for Tabitha Peterson, and now she gets her first crack at the full-time skipping gig at a world championship. First crack at a full-time skipping gig in yeah. her life. Never skipped before, Tabitha Peterson. Uh, let, let me read to you, Sean, the winning percentages over the last four years for Team Roth. Okay. 2017, 64% winning percentage. 2018, 60% winning percentage. 2019, 56%. 2020, 73% winning percentage. So uh, is it too early to say that this team is better without Nina Roth? Yeah, probably. Okay. uh, We're here to to make waves. Yeah, probably. Uh, They've certainly been on a really good run uh, and played really well. I mean, those numbers, that includes like curling night in America though, right? Which is... I mean, they set that up for the Americans to win. Hey, I don't know, man. Uh, pretty no, good. No, they they're, do. Well, I mean, they, they okay. definitely do. Yeah, that. yeah. But I'm looking at their numbers. Like uh, They're scoring 
8.65 points a game, giving up 5.91. Still kind of a lot of points to give up, but yeah. 43% with their hammer efficiency, 56% with their force efficiency. Put those numbers together, and uh, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. How many yeah. games have they played? Uh, 59, according to Curling Zone. Okay. So they've been they've been in playoffs at Spiel at, at Slams. Uh, they basically ran the table at Nationals. I think I think they beat Sinclair in the round robin, or or maybe not. So they had one or zero losses. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, they're really on fire. Aileen Geving is back. Uh, I believe she's throwing lead stones and holding the broom for for Tabitha and her sister Tara's playing with them. Becca's moved to throw third stones. Uh, they seem to have found a, uh, something that really works for them, and uh, yeah, I think I think this team will make the playoffs at Worlds. Okay, so you think I'm, I have them in the wrong tier? Oh, well, I don't think because I have six teams in the top tier, and there are six playoff spots. Yeah, there you go. I do think you have them in the wrong tier. Okay. So uh, we'll see who you want to bump out when we get to that top tier. Yeah, we will. All right, let's move on. Next team in this middle tier. This is going to be the Chinese team, skipped by Han Yu. Uh, this, uh, as far as I know, Scott, I think this is the first time we've seen them at a world championship. Uh, Chinese curling, of course, is really ramping up in advance of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. They want to have contenders in all sports, certainly. Mm -hmm. And uh, curling is no exception to that. Uh, You know, Bing Yu Wang had the great run in the early part of the century through the the 2010 Games. I believe she she won a world championship in the lead-up to those games. She did. And now, you know, Chinese curling has, has gone through a bit of a reset. And here... It's uh, Hanyu and this team that uh, we'll see if they can take that position going into those 2022 games because obviously Chinese curling really wants a feature team that they can focus yeah. on to. Yeah, and as long as we're not all dead in 2022, <laughs> I think they have a good chance. Uh, the things that have been rumored about Hanyu is that she's curling's next superstar. Okay. All the Canadian coaches that have gone over uh, and seen her play come back raving about her. Uh, we've heard all the hype, and now it's time to you know see it in action and see uh, what what they're able to put together at uh, at this level. Uh, played 59 games on the year, according to uh, our stats here at Curling Zone. Uh, 64% winning percentage, so pretty good, pretty good. Uh, hammer efficiency is only 0.32, and that's something I'm going to look for. But their force efficiency is 0.62. So, wow. So that's like a very good ability to force your opponents. They're not able to capitalize on, yeah. the, on the hammer as much. Uh, so that might be holding them back a bit. But uh, a lot of times when we see young teams come up through junior, they are more defense-oriented. Yeah. So Especially I think that we, we found that with some of the Asian teams as well is just – those young teams in particular are playing really defensively when they start out. Right. As they learn the game, as they learn, you know, different ice conditions, all that kind of stuff. Of course, famously, Heather Nettowin, like, was super pissed yeah. you know, at the World Championship because she's like, they don't want to play. And 
but but that I mean it's a you know, we've talked about it on the show before. It's a good strategy, right? When what? you're yeah, when behind you're, the eight ball a little bit, if you're playing teams that maybe have more experience or maybe just frankly are better, play it open, play it defensively. We saw it at the mm-hmm. Briar, Jamie Murphy. That's how he played uh, all week, especially in that game against Brad Gushu. So, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and this team also, uh, I, I believe they won, won Pacific Asia championships. Uh, maybe a bit of a surprise, but uh, Rocks Across the Pond can tell us about that. Uh, they, yeah, they're they're sort of the next team, and uh, I don't know if I ever told you this. We played that Chinese women's team, Bing Yuang, when I lived in Vancouver. We played in a cash spiel there, and they just kicked our ass. And well, I hope so. But it was before they had been, you know, even to the World Championships. Okay. And they and they were just in Vancouver training, needed a spiel to go in. We got we were like uh, the employees of the club sort of team. Yeah. And uh, oh man, it was it was a, a shit kick. <laughs> and and uh, if this team's any like at all similar to that team, you know, in development stage, I think uh, you know the future is very bright, and this will be a good learning experience. Yeah, this will certainly be one to watch. I think for the uh, you know. At least in Canada here with TSN when they play Canada. That's the only time we're going to get to see them on TSN. Uh, but on the World Curling feed on, on YouTube, you'll get other games in that. It'll be an interesting team to, to track over the course of the week. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the events they've played here, Sean. They've beaten some pretty good teams. They won an event in, uh, uh, well, the Pacific Asia's for sure. Got to the final of... Semi-final in, in Moose Jaw? No, Lloydminster. Sorry. the Those are totally different places. How dare you, sir? Eh, pretty much the same. Uh, oh. oh. Lost the championship final in Moose Jaw. So they've played a lot of teams, and they've beaten a lot of good teams. Uh, they've beaten Kovaleva. They've beaten Daniele Jensch. Uh Yeah, so... I, I'm excited to see them. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun to see how they stack up with the rest of the field. Another team that'll be fun to see how they stack up. Another Pacific Asia team. The Korean team skipped by Un Chi Kim. Uh, this team is uh, you know new to the scene. Last year, of course, we had Minji Kim, uh, that junior team that really burst onto the scene after the other team, Kim, uh, went through their situation, uh, including a birth for, for the skip there, mm-hmm. uh, giving birth uh, after the Olympic Games there in 2018. So uh, a new representative for the Korean side coming into this, and it's got another young team that will be looking to make a statement. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to find some statistics on this team here because it seems like um, the curling zone seems to be a bit mixed up with, uh, with this team. So I don't know too much about their records so far this year based on uh, the, the missing information, but uh, the Koreans are always sending teams that are capable. Yeah. And I'm never surprised, no matter which team shows up, to see them up there in the playoff picture. This year, we'll see, right? Like, yeah, we'll, we, don't, we just don't either, know. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be, I think. You know, if you're looking at this particular tier yeah. of of the events, you know, given how well Tabitha Peterson has been playing, uh, the next team that we're going to talk about in this tier, and then the six teams that we have in our top tier, uh, I think it could be a struggle. I, I think also for the Chinese team, you know, whenever you have teams 
you know, first time, it can be tough in these settings, you know, and I know that there are cameras at the Pacific Asian Championship. I, I know that they're, you know, playing really good teams on tour. I, I get that. But there is something, you know, we talk about it with the Scotties, and I think it's the same will be true at World Championships, that, you know, it's different when the country is on your back and you see you're not up there as Team Kim, you're up there as Korea. Korea. Right? It could be a different thing. So it'll be. I'm curious to see how they re- respond to that and uh, how it goes for the squad. Yeah, and uh, coached by Peter Gallant, I believe, uh, Canadian, Canadian uh, coach. He'll have them ready to go, and uh, you know they're no stranger to Canada. They played lots of spiels here, so yeah, uh, yeah, nothing more to add. All right, so the final team in this, you're that team from that place tier. The Czech Republic team skipped by Anna Kubiskova. Yeah, Anna Kubiskova, pretty familiar to all of us. Yes. Uh, 48 games on the year, 21 wins, 27 losses. That's not good. So not great. Uh, yeah, they they have not uh, played well. I even at uh, at the Euros, didn't they slip to the B by uh, failing to qualify? Uh, we'll check that. Okay, uh, we sh- we do research here. It, it, it was a long time at the Briar. <laughs> I'm a little hungover from the Briar still. But uh, yeah, there, there's t- they're a team that's like super talented, but never seem to live up to that uh, talent, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, they've they've been like that team that's coming for a while, and aren't quite able to make it over the. Over the top. Uh, 27% hammer efficiency is not going to get it done. Uh, not in this field. And to be frank, maybe this team should have been the other team in the uh, thanks for coming out. Maybe. I just give them a little more credit because of the experience that they have. I th- but I think them and Daniele Ench are, are probably are, are very similar teams. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably fair. A good comp? Is that a good comp? That's probably a pretty good comp, yeah. They're, well, they're another team that's given up more points than they've allowed. Okay. Or so uh, allowed more than they've scored. So, Scott, they did not uh, fall down in the European Championships. They went 3-6 and six there at the 2019 uh, yes, European right. Championship. Of course, that's how they got into the field, Right. Of course. My, my uh, memory, how could I forget yes. that? That great celebration when they won the, their last game. Yeah, so three and six on the week there, uh, which is, of course, how, how they get into the uh, the field here. So that is our middle tier, the you're that team from that place tier. And now it's got our top tier. These are going to be the teams that you're all very familiar with. These are the teams that we think can threaten to win this. And we're calling this the Be Ready for HD division because these teams are going to get a bunch of TV time. Mm-hmm. Of course, the team that's going to get the most TV time is the host from Canada. That's Carrie Anderson and her team from Manitoba that, of course, won the Scotties Tournament of Hearts just a few weeks ago. And first time for any of these players to be full-field world champion uh, at a world championship because, of course, when Shannon Burchard won the Scotties with... Uh, Jennifer Jones, she did not participate as the third in the world championship. Uh, Caitlin Laws, who was at the Olympics, came back. 
in North Bay, played in that event. See, Shannon Burchard was there as the fifth. I believe she did get into a couple games, mm-hmm. but uh, she was not there as the full field participant. So uh, that'll be her first time playing all the games at a world championship. And, of course, first time for Carrie Anderson and Val uh, being in the back end. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, we don't really have to say much more about this team. They're really good. Uh, they've done really well on tour, playing against most of these same teams. Uh, they shouldn't be intimidated by the moment. The The crowds will likely be smaller than what was there for the Scotties. I think it, given what happened to Team Canada last year and some of the social media outrage, uh, for lack of a better word, that, that came out, I think they sh- they'll be prepared for for kind of anything, and I hope that a lot of people will have learned their lesson uh, from last year and not hopefully you know not yell at them if they don't do well. Uh, it's their first time there, but at the same time they're really good. Yeah, I I think last year Chelsea Carey's team kind of caught lightning in a bottle for a bit, and we've seen Chelsea Carey be up and down in her career. This team, the same thing. Like we've seen Carrie Anderson be pretty up and down in her career, but the way she got locked in there at the Scotties, it, it seems to me like it's sustainable, and they should be a, a podium favorite for this event. Yeah, the only thing is, we, we talked about it with the Korean team. I, I think it holds even more so for Canada because all the players talk about it that when you finally win, and I, I say finally as if like it took her a long time. It didn't take her a long time. Uh, but when you finally break through and achieve that goal, and then you get those jackets that have the maple leaf on it, and you know the brooms that say Team Canada, yep. right? There's there's something in that moment for the players when they describe it, how cool it is, how much fun it is. But then at the same time, you look at the jacket and you're like, this is pretty cool. And then you put it on and you're like, oh my god, right. like the, the the maple leaf turns into a target almost. Uh, as people are going to give you their best game, which is great. You want that. You you want. I think you want that weight of expectation, because that means that if you're representing this place, that means you're pretty damn good because you've gotten through everybody else. Sure. To get to this point, uh, but you know, it, it could. It, you know, people have talked about it being a bit of a burden, and uh, you know, we'll see how they react to it. I I have a lot of confidence in this team not to be shook by anything if you look at their schedule i don't know if the schedule makers did them every any favors they get eve muirhead right at the shoot on saturday night and you know if you look at some of the quote unquote easier games right the the games that they should win against the the weaker teams at least on order of merit they come a little later in the week Mm -hmm. so if they get off to a two and two two and three sort of start that's okay because they should be able to make up games later in the week Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with this format, though, you want to get in one of the, the one-two slots, get a spot right in that semifinal. So you can't afford to give too many away. But uh, certainly a playoff team, I think, for sure. And be very surprised if that's not the case. Yeah, it, I mean, you're right. It it shouldn't be a shock to anybody uh, that we're high on this team. They're good. Uh, that's all I can say. Okay. So I'm glad people downloaded the show and listened to our <laughs> expert analysis. So the next team on this 
be ready for HD that I have is the Japanese team skipped by Satsuki Fujisawa, the most fun team on tour. I don't know, at least the, the smiliest team on tour. Really a lot of fun to watch them. I know every time we talk about them, we talk about how much fun they are to watch. But also serious contenders to certainly make the playoffs. And they're going to give anybody who they come up against a run in a playoff game. Yeah, they're winning at a, a 7, 70% clip this year. Uh, we saw them win uh, many games with only three people there at the Boost National before Christmas. Uh, shout out to Boost. Uh, I need a boost. The yeah. way, you know, I can't shake this cough. Oh boy, you, you sure do. <laughs> uh, and and uh, yeah, like you say, they're fun to watch. They put a lot of rocks in play. They're not afraid to mess uh, to, to like get things going, like rumble early. Uh, they score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. Forty-one uh, percent hammer efficiency is really good. Really, really good. Uh, yeah, I think uh, they're definitely one of those teams that you expect to see at the end. I could see, I could see them stubbing their toe a bit, though, and not uh, having as much success at this event. I'm not sure why I think that, but I could see it. Okay, interesting. They close, they close with Scotland and Sweden. So if they need one at the end, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So let's move on to one of the teams you just mentioned. Uh, definitely a contender to win a world championship because, well, that's the only thing that uh, she hasn't done. Uh, that's uh, Anna Hasselberg. Oh. And the Swedish team, uh, she's won everything else this sport has to offer, but that world championship uh, has eluded her to this point, uh, Olympic gold medalist, and last year game of the year in uh curling overall you know if you take calendar 2019 and you gave me one game that i could watch i'm picking the world the women's world championship final where sylvana tiranzoni uh came out and played they just played out of their head to win they're not there this year we'll talk about that but uh this team scott has been so good for you know the past three years and this is it's sort of like what we talked about with Gushu, where for a long time he just wanted to win the Briar and didn't care about the Olympics as much. Mm-hmm. You know, for her, uh, Anna Hasselberg, it's like she just needs that world championship sure. to cap off the career resume. Yeah, and I mean, she'll win one. What What are we going to do? Sit here and nitpick Anna Hasselberg's team? Uh, f- 53 and 9 on the year. Uh, <laughs> They've lost nine games. They're like, they're like the Milwaukee Bucks of. <laughs> Uh, scoring over nine points a game and giving up just over five. Uh, they have a 51% hammer efficiency, highest in the field, uh, 66% force efficiency. Combine those numbers. like it's They're insanely good. Yeah. Now, some of those numbers, of course, do come from the Swedish nationals where nobody can hold a candle to them. No. Where they're going to rack up big numbers for sure. But... Still, they've they've played in all the Grand Slams and they've lost nine games. They did they did lose one game in the Swedish Nationals. Was everybody sick? To Sundberg, seven to three. Huh? Who they then beat in the final, eight to three. Okay, so so just teasing them. Yeah, yeah. They said, "Oh, you think you can win one? Sure. Yeah. Here you go." And Hasselberg was actually sliding out of the hack backwards in that first game. Yeah. Putting it through her legs. Yeah, yeah. She was doing the spinorama shot, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think, I think I'm think i going to pick this team to win, Sean. Spoiler alert. Okay. 
but uh, yeah, they're really good. All right, so let's move on then uh, to the Scottish team. Uh, this is Eve Muirhead making her return to the World Championship. Of course, last year, Sophie Jackson represented Scotland after winning the national championship. A bit of a, a controversy over that because the Scottish Federation initially said that, well, you're going somewhere else. Yeah. So eventually cooler heads prevailed. I think the right decision was made, and Sophie Jackson played in the World Championship. This year, Eve Muirhead wins the Scottish Championship mm -hmm. and is back at a Worlds for the first time in a couple of years. Fully healthy from all accounts. You know, the hip issue that's bothered her for the past couple of years hopefully is in the rearview mirror. Uh, she's looked healthier when we've seen her out on tour at the Grand Slams, mm -hmm. and certainly a threat to win because she's done it before. She is a world champion, 2013? 13, yeah. Yeah, uh, different team this time than that 2013 team. I think the way this team is put together this year is really working for them, having Lauren Gray move from lead position up to the third position. We saw last year... Uh, she was the fifth for Sophie Jackson in the World Championships and actually skipped a couple games uh, when Sophie was injured. Yeah. And she's got such a great feel for the game. She's such a good player. And Eve trusts her. And last year, with Jen Dodds coming onto the team to throw third rocks, I felt like, like Eve didn't always know where to put the broom for her. Uh, there was a learning curve to how they play together. I think this year... With Lauren playing third, Lauren in the house. Uh, of course, last year Vicky was in the house. Yep. Uh, uh, so the way that the team is team dynamics are sort of working is working for them. Uh, second at the Euros this year, had a really great game. It was a, a crazy shot that Anna Hasselberg made to beat her. Uh, I really like how they're playing. Forty-six percent hammer efficiency. You know, I like that, and they're another one of my contenders for the first place spot. Yeah, it's really nice to see Eve Muirhead healthy again. You know, she was she really went through it there with the injuries, uh, it, you know, in the lead up to the Olympics and then during the Olympics. So, you know, it's good to see her healthy, rounding into form as, you know, we're just two years away from the Olympic Games there in Beijing, mm -hmm. uh, or at least the scheduled Olympics in Beijing. So it's nice to see them rounding into form and hopefully she can stay healthy for the next two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next up is the Swiss team. This is not your defending world champion, Sylvana Tiranzoni. Uh, of course, where Elena Patz was throwing the four stones and just playing out of her head last year. No, no, no. This year, it is Elena Stern and her team. Uh, Elena Stern skips four stones thrown by Briar uh, Herleman. Herleman. And uh, so this team, we've seen them on tour. Uh, they've represented Switzerland at World Juniors before. They've had some success at the slam level. I think they're probably a little upset that Rachel Holman did not win the final because that was basically a guaranteed win for them. Right. Uh, in this field, the way it's gotten this season, she yes. just has beaten Rachel Holman at least, through, at least four times. Uh, so far in the season, uh, but a, a really good up-and-coming team and another team, Scott, in this seemingly endless succession of Swiss women's teams that are just really good. Yeah, uh, three and one this year against Rachel Holman. It's pretty good. Uh, That's really better good. than I could do against Rachel Holman. Yeah, yeah, it's much, <laughs> much better. Uh, obviously, this team is maybe a couple years ahead of schedule uh, that with the Tiranzoni team. Still being, you know, higher in the order of merit. Yeah. Probably the 
the better overall team. But, you know, in Canada, uh, probably Rachel Holman was better overall and uh, lost the final. So, uh, yeah, they're uh, new on the world scene. They're not going to be afraid. Like you mentioned, they go to the slams. They're regularly in Canada. They know they can beat uh, most of the teams here. It's just a matter of putting it into place at at this kind of an event, right? So it'll be a learning experience for them. Playoffs are likely. Yeah, I think so. I I th- I might. This might be the team that I I would uh, swap out for Tabitha Peterson's U.S. U.S. rink. Okay, uh, and that's probably fair. You know, first time. But again, uh, this that Swiss lineage is really quite remarkable. Uh, yeah. That you know, just yeah. the, just the quality of teams that they turn out on the women's side. So let's get to the final team in the field, the 13th. And final team, and this team that Scott, just before we started to record, you made me put into this ready-for-HD pool because we wanted six teams in there. We wanted six playoff teams. So it's the Russian team, skipped by Alina Kovaleva. Of course, they won the Russian championships, the Nationals, which is a best-of-seven series, and they came out on top there. So they will represent Russia once again. And Scott, a team that uh, has been a threat at these in the past, has made the playoffs, had some pretty good runs. But I don't know if I really see them as a, a legitimate title contender. Yeah, they're, they're the kind of team to me that can get hot and get on a winning streak. And if they're able to do that this week in Prince George, they'll, they'll be in the, in the title contention, not just playoff contention. But you're right, they are also uh, streaky the other way. Yeah. And uh, I could see it going the other way. The, the number I don't like, the hammer efficiency here, is down at 38%. Yeah, that's too low. So not ideal, right? And, and yeah, it's a best of seven to get out of Russia. Anna Sidorova is not what she was. They won four to one this year. I believe they won four matches to one last year as well Yeah, to get in. Now, so one of, them, one of them that they won did come down to the last rock. But, you know, yeah, four to one is pretty thorough. Yeah, pretty thorough. That said, they they do go out on tour a lot uh, less this year than they did last year, uh, but you know they've made playoffs, made quarters, made semis at uh, at different uh, spiels. Fifty-seven wins, twenty losses on the year. I I made you put them in this tier because I think that it's possible that they make the playoffs. Um, I I would still put them. Ahead of Elena Stern. Okay, I think that's, I you know I mean we'll see when we get to the picks how fair I think that is, but it's you're leaning in that case more on the experience than necessarily on the absolute ceiling. Sure. Of what we've seen from the team. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, so that that'll do. That'll be the 13 team heading to Prince George. So Scott, let's move on to our picks, where as normal. You pick four teams, you pick a winner, five possible points, you get a point for each team that makes the playoffs, an extra point for picking the champion correctly. We did not summarize our picks from the Briar, uh, which I understand why you did that, because I beat you with the picks from the Briar. So uh, do you know, have, have, do we have an update on where we stand for the season? No, we don't, because I haven't, uh, 
listen back to our old podcasts. Right. To so that just means that I'm in the lead again. Uh, so that's really what the is a sign of. Yeah, so, I'm uh, just not eager to get, get yeah. uh, listening to that. So uh, so let's get into it for the women's. I've written mine down, Scott, if you want me to go first. But, uh, of course, I don't want you to accuse me of copying you. Yeah, I do want you to. It's a sort of strategic move. Well, I want you to go first. Okay. And you're, you've pulled out your paper. Good. I have. So uh, the, the four teams that I'm picking to make the playoffs, I'm going to pick the Swiss, the Swedes, the Scots, and the Canadians. Oh, you've got the S's and the C. Yes. Okay. And uh, you know what, Scott? I'm going to go a little off the board. It seems that you're not clearly very high on Oh. I'm going with Elena Stern to win because, Scott, they're going to win one at some point. <laughs> Because that's what Swiss women's teams do. They win world championships. So why not this one? Uh, that's insane, Sean. You're insane. You've made insane picks. And I'm really happy that I'm going to beat you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Anna Hasselberg to win. Like I said, they're yeah. very good. Uh, give me yeah, give me Team Canada to make it back to the playoffs this year. I think they're, uh, they're going to do it. I want to take... Uh, what what other teams are there? <laughs> All the teams. Again, let, let me look at who's in the uh, who's in the field. Uh, Scotland and Eve Muirhead. Yeah, I'm gonna take her, obviously. And then I'm gonna go out on a limb. Well, not really. I'm gonna take Japan and uh, um, uh, Fujisawa. Okay. Your handwriting is terrible. I can read it. <laughs> I, I guess is, is. I guess is what matters, right? So yeah. yeah, we've got so we've got like a, a couple of different picks there. Uh, your winner pick, I don't even have making the playoffs, uh, which probably bodes well for them because as uh, I didn't pick Brad Gushu to make the playoffs at the Briar, Sean. No, what, you didn't. What an idiot! What yeah. was I thinking? He's your 2020 men's national champion. Yeah. So uh, what a real dope I am. Yeah, so uh, so those are our picks. Uh, all If you're in Canada, all the games that Canada plays are available on TSN, as well as the playoffs and the finals. If you're international, the World Curling Federation is streaming a bunch of games, including those TSN games. From, from what I gather, if you're outside Canada, you can have access to all the TSN games in addition to some WCF. They're going to be at least streaming one game per draw. And when TSN is on the air, they'll be doing two. So right. everyone, you'll have access to something. If you're in the United States, of course, ESPN3 does have the rights to the TSN curling coverage. So you can watch all the Team Canada games there. Right. And uh, I assume we'll be able to watch the non-TSN broadcast draws. On YouTube, on YouTube as well. I would assume so. So uh, so that's what's going on. One other note that's mildly related to the world championship. Uh, Bidia Felcher, speaking of Swiss world champions, uh, announced her retirement from curling over the course of the past week. So that's, I don't know if that's a surprise or not, but uh, just uh, something to note there that uh, we're losing Bidia Felcher from the world of curling. Uh, great career, world champion. Yeah, a- absolutely great career. Uh, uh, really, really storied and uh, going to be a loss for Swiss curling for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm sort of sad that we weren't able to do this, Sean, on uh, International Women's Day 
Yes, we missed it. Which was uh, which was the last day of the Briar, unfortunately. Uh, but it's it's always fun to talk about women's curling and and women's sports in general. I saw that CBC is going to do uh, like a top ten women's sports highlights nice. uh, every month. Uh, maybe it's top thirty. I don't know. But uh, some sort of thing focusing on women's sports, which is great because. I believe we watched like the TSN top hundred plays, and only two of them were women's stuff. Yeah, and, some crazy. And it was like, come on, really? Yeah. And and no curling, so. Yeah, and I will say, like, I think you know, it, when you're talking about women's sports and sort of the emergence of women's sports, so I would say over the past what, ten years, where it's gotten more and more coverage, uh, you know, curling really has been at the forefront of it. You know, yeah. equal coverage of world championships and, and national championships, at least mm-hmm. at the Canadian level. Uh, you know, it took a long time to get to the money parity, uh, but they got there this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, these athletes that we get to, to watch are really just incredible. And, and the stuff yeah. that goes on, you know, I, I say it all the time that the Scotties is my favorite event of the season. And, uh, yeah, it's just a great opportunity. You know, I remember Colleen Jones, when they separated out the world championship, of course, it used to be one big event. Colleen Jones openly wondered uh, at the time, like, will this mean the the death of women's curling, of of women's international curling? And uh, certainly that hasn't been the case. And and I do think it's helped Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you get this platform for the, the women's game to really show how good it is without all the noise of the men's game right, right. around it. And I, I kind of like there's uh, countries where they do play them together, like like in the U.S., for example, and around the provinces, right? They play the the women's and men's provincials at the same time. Yeah, just don't put the women's final Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, Sherry Anderson <laughs> has, has some beef uh, justifiably, but... Uh, at those events where they are together, I think it does provide some additional exposure for the women's game at that level, right? And then in Canada, they've got like a whole week, however many hours that TSN's broadcasting, like 300 hours yeah. of women's curling. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, it's great. Really, really great. And uh, that's your International Women's Day update from two uh, white guys. There you go. So, uh, so enjoy the curling. We'll be off. We'll, I mean, we'll talk about it on Twitter. We'll be on social media. But we will not have another episode, at least scheduled, until the end of the event. Yeah, maybe if uh, Canada if something crazy, and, yeah. and 10 to start or something. If we'll, something crazy happens, we'll, we'll do a quick episode. Or if there's some news that comes out of the, the World Championship or just in the world of curling in general, uh, we might do a quick uh, episode. But the, the schedule or the plan right now is the Sunday night after the final of the Women's World Curling Championship. We'll do a full rundown of the events and talk about the final. Hopefully it's as good as last year's final. Although that's a pretty high uh, measuring bar uh, to get to. Uh, But that's the schedule that we'll go with right now. And to make sure you get that episode, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your shows. Apple, Google, Spotify, all the places, likes, rates, all that stuff. Uh, You can follow us on social media on instagram and twitter at game of stones pod you can email the show as always game of stones podcast at gmail.com so we will be back with you next week to talk about all the goings-ons from out there in prince george but until then keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern make the final